BBC Gardeners World live at the NEC. A busy day one. We're here until Sunday. Uh, I'm delighted that joining me in the studio is Jason Williams, who's come down to the NEC all the way from Manchester. You live in the clouds. Jason, don't you? I do indeed. <laughs> 18 floors up uh, in sunny Manchester. <laughs> and and we, there is a lot of cloud in Manchester. I mean, that, that, I don't know how many uh, hundred feet or whatever it is, but low cloud must, must get to you, I guess. That actually is how the garden got its name. Because um, in winter, sometimes when, when we do have the, the low flying cloud, I go out onto the garden and you can't even see, you can't see anything. Um, and that is honestly how the garden got his got its name so the cloud garden and you are the cloud gardener that is correct great website <laughs> cloudgardener.uk.co.uk uh, if you're interested in having a look um a fascinating story um because 18 floors up you have a balcony garden that is better than some <laughs> ground floor gardens that i've seen how did you build this garden uh trial and error <laughs> Um, I had to go through some severe losses on this garden um, and it was a, a journey of, of learning what works in that space. And so uh, because the garden has glass railings, um, it makes the garden a lot warmer on a sunny day, up to 15 degrees on a sunny day. So, you know, this past heat wave, everyone's been enjoying it. For me, it's, it's been stressful and I'm away from the garden for three days, so I have no idea what I'm going back to. to. <laughs> You've got a pond in there as well. Now, let's just, let's just put this into context. You're 18 <laughs> floors up. I assume you've got a lift in the building. I do. So you go, some people go into the lift with their, their shopping bags. Yes. You go in with a trolley full of compost yes. and fish and yes. tomato plants. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and somehow I make this thing work. And so, funnily enough, the, the fish pond came about because I was hoping to create um, a, a space where I would have hoverfly larvae because in natural fact hoverflies are my number one pollinator. Um, people don't think that uh, of flies as being a pollinator. And so I built this pond and turns out that my hoverflies do something completely different. Um, but what I have learned is that my fish pond water I can then use as an organic fertilizer. So now I use my fish pond water to fertilize my whole garden and I owe that, I owe the fact that the garden is so vibrant to that little fact. Were you a gardener previously? No. Right, so, so you've, you've moved into this, um, this apartment in, in the center of Manchester, great views, yes. do have a look at the website, the views from your balcony are amazing. Thank you. Um, and you, you knew that you wouldn't have a garden, so you took on the property knowing you wouldn't have a garden. Yeah. So what happened day one? Did, was it were you know, just with a, you know, a gladioli or something? No, so what, what had happened is um, we were, it was in the middle of COVID, so I moved into that property in March of 2020. And I remember being on furlough and I remember us going through lockdown and the only thing, only thing that we could do was go to a supermarket or to go to uh, a garden centre. And I randomly one day picked a, a, a walk to the garden centre and I went and I got a couple of plants. It started with a marigold and I put that out onto, onto the garden. And I swiftly learned, being a gardener, that one or two plants doesn't cut it. <laughs> and, you know, I always have these accidents where I go to a garden centre and 
somehow all of these plants just end up in the basket and I have no idea how they've got into this basket mm -hmm. but you know they just have so then I feel bad putting them back so I have to buy them and take them home because it's the only safe thing to do. <laughs> you know, I can see where you're coming from. So uh, did you then have a plan? Because it it looks sort of, how can I put this? It looks like it's sort of evolved, yeah. but you, you must have had a plan about the things that you wanted to put in there. Because you've got tomatoes growing in there and all sorts, haven't you? Yeah, I had absolutely no plan. Um, <laughs> And I think that was part of my initial problem uh, to start off with is that I had no plan and I spent a lot of time watching garden gardening media and I just couldn't, f I didn't see anything that looked like my own space. But I, I just followed what everyone was saying, you know, you should do. But the problem is, is that my garden is different. It has a completely different ecosystem uh, and environment. Um, and so I had to stop doing what everyone else was doing and just learn about my space so for example because it is so warm on my garden um, I now know that I can't grow leafy greens during during summer or, or spring because of those temperature differences and so what happens is those plants always bolt and go to seed and I used to get so upset that I couldn't do basic things that everyone on the ground level could do and so I chopped and changed things and instead of growing uh, normal spinach, I grow something on my balcony called Malabar spinach, which is a climbing variety that is often grown in Asia and it thrives in heat and it's a climbing vine. And so I learned that in actual fact, rather than trying to do what everyone else is doing, I need to grow what works for my space and it's a really really important lesson that any gardener needs to know <laughs> now tell me you may know this and i don't know whether it's one of those apocryphal stories or a myth but you're relatively close to um the hilton yes. uh, building uh, which has become a bit of an iconic building in that part of, uh, of manchester is it right that there is there are vines growing on the roof i believe so but um, the most iconic thing about that building is that it sings. Oh, and with the veins and the wind, yeah. Yes, so um, when I moved to Manchester, that, this is one of the strangest things that I ever heard. It, it felt like I was in a horror film. Uh, <laughs> because as the, the wind blows and uh, the top of the building vibrates, it sends out this humming sound. It's a really low uh, vib uh, vibration and it, it just sings across the city. And you could just be sat in your room and, and, and you can hear it. But not just in the city centre, you can hear it from out into the suburbs really? as well. Yeah, it has to be a particular wind direction, but yeah. I want, you see, that's the clever thing about some architecture, isn't it? Which is, if that if frequency is one that's a calming frequency, then that's genius. Well, it's not intentional. I don't think it's been intentional. I think they, they've tr they've probably had uh, some complaints. They've tried. They've tried to <laughs> classic Mancunian. Of course, <laughs> they've tried to change it and, and adapt the building, but I don't think that's happened. But um, you know, you know that we're in for it. If there's a good old, you know that we're in for a good old storm. When you hear that the Hilton singing, you're like, oh. When I hear that, for me, I'm like, oh, it's time to go collect my pots in. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can imagine some people listening are going to be pricking their ears up to, to what you're saying because they will live in um, apartment blocks, they will have small balconies or, or whatever it might be, and think, right, how do I get started on this? So your top three tips then, Jason, what should they be thinking about? Um, so number one, if you are a balcony gardener, it's really, really important to find out what the weight limit of your balcony is. Mm. 
because uh, what you may not know is that some uh, balconies are the last thing it's almost in essence clipped on to the building whereas mine for example is an extension of the flooring from my front room so my balcony can hold the same weight that my front room can so I can put out a whole lot but also building managers have got their own rules on what they can and cannot uh, on what you can and cannot put onto your gardens or onto your balcony some want green some want um, some uh, don't want anything at all or you're not allowed to hang things they, they can be really really uh, particular but um, number two I would say grow for your space and then number three is just be prepared to fail but don't give up mm. because sometimes you can have uh, a couple of failures on your on your garden and when you look at social media everything is so perfect um, whereas if you follow my Instagram or my YouTube channel, I will show you all the bits that do not work in my garden. Because I think it's really important that if I am out here trying to encourage people to do this, that they also see the reality. I thought that was really honest on your, uh, your, your YouTube channel as well, because you, you very clearly say, don't expect to see a perfect garden. You will see plants that aren't, you know, possibly in the best of health and see things that aren't working. And that's yeah. the reality of gardening, isn't it? And that's, that's quite refreshing uh, in your, your, um, your YouTube channel. Thank you. And, you know, I was really, really grateful to the team at Gardeners World when they came and filmed that segment for me for the show. Um, one of the things I did say was, I, I'm really happy for you to come, but I'm not going to make the garden look picture perfect for you. There are bits of the garden that aren't great. Um, and they were like, no, this is absolutely fine. We would love to show you this. And so I took, I took the, the team on a tour of my struggle bus area. And the struggle bus area is a part of my garden where everything is not looking great uh, in this one particular section. It's probably had its day, but I've learned that actually sometimes if we just move these plants and give them a bit of TLC, nine times out of 10, they actually do bounce back. And I, I really noticed that um, I, I needed to apply some of that to myself when my mental health isn't right. I, I share that I struggle at times with anxiety and depression. So sometimes just putting that little bit of extra energy into myself can help bring me back. And so that's what I kind of see with the parallels with my struggle bus area. What was your filming experience like? I mean, obviously, you know what you look like and you sound like because you've got this great YouTube channel, but when it's the television coming... <laughs> you know, it, it, was, it, it was quite surreal, actually, because uh, that segment aired again this year in the, in the compilation um, episodes. In, and th that segment was filmed at a time of great uncertainty. I just left my job and... Um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with myself and I remember putting on as fake a smile as I could to get through that segment and I, I remember I was really hurting that day and I think some of that came through uh, in the segment but looking back on that same segment uh, this year I was like that guy didn't know that uh, two or four months later he would be creating a show garden at Chelsea he didn't know that uh, he would be going off on this massive journey and I, I can't lie I watched it back this year and I cried because I just thought wow isn't time amazing isn't life amazing um, one thing I do want to just quickly talk yes. to you about is because people are going to look at your website will see a, a reference to a very northwestern phrase <laughs> you know what's coming don't you it's ginnel 
Ginnell. A Ginnell. And you're, you told me you're, you're from London. You, I'm, I'm from Manchester, so Ginnell immediately resonated with me. Um, <laughs> but some people think, what's a Ginnell? It's, it's a, an alleyway, isn't it? It's, yes. it's, it's, sometimes, I think over in York, they call it a snicket. snicket. That's the one. Great names we have, don't <laughs> we? That's, that's an expansion of what you're doing. It's about creating something that feels bigger than the space it's in. Is that fair? That's true. And so... I am very, very happy to announce that I am doing a, a Ginnell Garden at the RHS Tatton Park Flower Show this year. And it is an alleyway garden. It, it's going to have its challenges. It is 40 metres long. That's bigger than your, your balcony. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's around about uh, eight times bigger than my balcony. <laughs> I don't know what I've signed myself up for. Um, but, you know, it's, it... it it's going to be really interesting and the show is one element of it but the garden is going to be relocated to Moss Side um, and I it's going to a community that already garden on their on their alley but they really struggle they have their own challenges and this particular street is full of students uh, it has refugees social housing and the community is really quite transient so the the team there have had some great successes one when everybody's been involved but um at, at this point in time it's actually at a real low so there are about 60 houses along the street and only four of them are gardeners mm. or, or willing to use the space so i'm hoping that if i can just relocate the garden it will help to reunite the community again but i i also uh Ooh, how do I phrase this? I also uh, get upset sometimes when gardens are relocated. I always think, okay, well, you've relocated the garden after a show. What next? Um, and for me, I didn't want to relocate this garden and, and give people who are already struggling, you know, another 40 meters worth of garden to look after. And so I've decided that I'm going to mentor the community for the next 12 months just to ensure that it will have a continued success. We're going to encourage local schools to come in and use some of the um, growing sections so that they can have their gardening club in the alley. Um, and I've also made sure with the planting to include foods from other countries to help unite and bring the refugees who live on the street together. Um, so some of the labeling for the plants will be in Arabic as well as English. And it, the idea is just to help bring and blend the community because I think even even if you uh, aren't able to, to speak the same language, gardening still has the power to connect and unite people, and that is the sole message of the garden. That is fantastic. The very <laughs> best of luck with that. That sounds amazing. Just finally, um, what happens when you outgrow your balcony? You're going to have to move. Yeah. <laughs> have you thought about this? I, I have, and... Um, <laughs> It's pretty scary. I think I, I'm I'm at the age now where living in the city is is no longer fun <laughs> because I don't do anything. I'm, I'm I've reached my hermit stage where I'd much rather just stay in with my uh, with my aquilegias than than head out uh, for a night out because these hangovers are not for me. So I think what I would love to do is is go somewhere out into the country or maybe by the sea, but also have a roof terrace as well as a garden. So you're still staying up yeah. there, but you're moving from balcony to roof. Exactly. 
That is quite literally going up in the world. Jason, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Really, really the very best of luck with uh, the, the Ginnell project and, and moving that uh, into Moss Side. That uh, deserves an awful lot of... Uh, uh, an awful lot of coverage and I hope it goes well for you but Thank for now, you. many thanks Thank you very much for having me